You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good Saturday to you, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. Along with Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Rob, how are you there, my friend? Good, Gary. How you doing today? It's a daily struggle, my friend. It's, it's you know, it's I live each day one day at a time. Um, it's the best I can do, you know. How about you yourself? It. Yeah, same here. Just getting through every day. How was your week? Hey, it's been a good week. What can I say? There's always ups and downs, but overall, you got to keep a positive attitude. You got to stay optimistic. You got to make it to the to the next one. Yeah, you're always a positive guy. You're also very busy. I know that. So, yeah, you got to stay busy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? When you're doing the kind of work that you're doing, you're helping people. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're also in demand. So I, I can understand why you'd be so busy and really and why you get up every morning with a positive attitude. So yes, sir. All the power to you. Hey, let's talk a little bit this morning um, about HELOCs. Maybe you can explain what a HELOC is and, and what makes it different, let's say, um, than a regular mortgage loan that most people are familiar with. Yeah, so HELOCs have been a very hot topic lately. So what a HELOC stands for is Home Equity Line of Credit. Oh, yeah. H-E-L-O-C, HELOC. So what a HELOC is, is it is like a credit card on your house. It's a line of credit that uses the equity in your home as collateral. So there's a lot of different benefits that we'll talk about of why HELOCs are so in demand and so hot right now. But one of the coolest things about a HELOC versus a regular mortgage is that a HELOC is considered an open-end loan. So what an open-end loan means is that money can go in and out freely. So you can put money in and you can take it out the next day. You can take money out and you can put it back in a week later, a month later. So money freely goes in and out, kind of like uh, the best analogy I use is like a credit card. Because you can charge on a credit card, pay it back, then charge again, pay it back, and repeat that over and over again. That's an open-end loan. A normal mortgage, a regular mortgage like you're familiar with, like a 30-year fix, 15-year fix, or any variation, that's a closed-end loan. So the money is dispersed at your closing, and once you put a payment in or money into that, you can never get it out. You can't call the mortgage company and say, hey, I've made all these extra payments for the last couple years, and now I'm going to bind, and I need the money back. You cannot do that. The only way to get your money out from a closed-end mortgage is to refinance it or sell your home. So a HELOC can be really attractive, as you're seeing, for those couple of reasons. But there's got to be some main advantages of using a HELOC to borrow. Yeah, so I would say the number one reason people love HELOCs is because the interest rates are low. Like most lending on a, on a mortgage or a home, it's going to be a lower rate than a personal loan. It's going to be way lower than a credit card or any other type of loan that you can get because it's secured by the equity in your home. So even though the interest rates have risen recently, as everyone knows, it's still relatively way better than a credit card or any other type of loan. So that's why people love it. The next thing is the flexibility of a HELOC is unbelievable. So most HELOCs are set up with an interest-only payment. So you don't have to pay back the principal right away. Typically, you'll have a 10-year period where you only have to pay interest. 
So you'd be surprised, even if you're borrowing 50, 100,000, the payment can be just a couple hundred dollars a month. So it gives you a lot of flexibility with your cash flow. Uh, so that's a huge thing. The other is liquidity. So if you were to hit a financial bind or a struggle and you needed money, even if you just put a bunch into the HELOC, as long as it remains open, you can take that money right back out. So for example, if you were doing okay and you put all this money against your HELOC and you paid it down from 100000 to 50000 now you've got this 50000 in equity in the HELOC that you could then borrow against. So if, God forbid, you lost a job, you had a medical emergency, you came into some other debt or something where you needed access to money, you could then go and take that money right back out of the HELOC. Usually it's linked up with an online bank account, so you can make a transfer from the HELOC instantaneously, just like it is a checking account. You can transfer money from your HELOC to your checking or your savings or any variation, and it typically is instant. The other option is you can use a check. You get a checkbook at the closing or you can request one and you can write a check against the HELOC just like it was a regular checking account. Uh, another great benefit is tax deductibility. This has changed recently because of the tax code that changed, but there's still for most Americans is tax deductibility with a HELOC, specifically if you're using that HELOC to improve your home. You're using it maybe for uh, putting on solar panels or energy efficiency. Maybe you're putting in a new kitchen, renovating the basement. Anything you do with that HELOC that's considered a home improvement, typically there's going to be tax deductibility with that, where you won't have that if you use a credit card or you go take out a personal loan with the bank, that sort of thing. Um, you don't pay unless you use it. So it's a great emergency tool because you can have it open, and if you don't borrow against it, you don't pay uh, any interest. If you have a $100,000 HELOC available, but you only use 5000 then you're only paying interest on the 5000 So that's great for people that are doing projects, or maybe they don't know exactly how much money they're going to need. They just know that they're going to need access to capital. And then the last thing I'll say is the fees on a HELOC. They're typically very low. There's even some HELOCs I've seen that offer no fees. But the annual fees on those, like an annual fee on a credit card, are going to be minimal, maybe $50 to $100 a year just to keep it open. So, you know, all those reasons you can see HELOCs are really, really, really attractive, especially right now in the interest rate environment that we're in. All right, Rob. So those are the positives. But like anything, there's always negatives. Share with us some of the always. downfalls of, uh, of a HELOC. Yeah. So... Like you said, there's always pros and cons. So mm -hmm. let's let's really dive into the negatives because I think if you're going to consider a HELOC, you have to understand the uh, the issues that can arise with those and the downfalls of those. So number one reason that a HELOC has risk is because it's an adjustable rate. So it's not going to be a fixed rate like you have on your normal first mortgage. The interest rates can rise quickly. Um, so when the Fed raised the uh, federal funds rate just a few months ago, a quarter point, HELOCs also raised their rate a quarter point pretty much right away, uh, the next billing cycle. So it's the type of thing where if the Fed raises rates like they are right now, you could find yourself in a position where your payment on a HELOC can double or even triple. I've seen it happen before. Um, it will happen again, especially in the interest rate environment we're in. So it is a very big risk to owe a lot of money on a HELOC in an environment where rates are going up because you could be totally caught off guard and see your rate go from three, three and a half percent to five, six, seven percent within just a matter of maybe a couple months or a year. And that can be scary for a lot of people. Um, of course, 
like anything, it's secured by your home or like any loan, home loan, it's secured by your home. So not being able to make the payments, there's foreclosures, there's all those type of uh, negatives that could go on your credit. You want to be aware of that. Um, another huge negative on a HELOC is that it's not a long term instrument. You're not going to have a HELOC for 30 years like a regular mortgage. Typically, a HELOC is going to have a 10 year draw period. You may be thinking, oh, 10 years, that's plenty of time. But I've had, just in the last 30 days, two clients call me that have had their HELOCs for 10 years that got caught off guard. They didn't realize, oh, my God, it expires. And they were caught off guard. And they're in a position now where they may have to sell their home because they didn't plan ahead. So that's a huge downfall of the HELOC because after that draw period, typically 10 years, it becomes a regular mortgage at that point. So that's where you may have had this HELOC payment of two, $300 a month. You're on easy street. Then you get to the end of that draw period and your payment could triple, quadruple because now it goes from that interest only payment into like a 20 year mortgage payment. So not a 30 year mortgage, a 20 year mortgage um, payment. So huge negative that you want to be aware of because the payment not only goes from interest only to, to, um, like a 20-year loan, but it's fully amortized. So now you're not only paying interest, you also have to pay principal, which is why you can see the uh, payment increase so quickly and so drastically. Like I said, a lot of people get caught off guard. Last thing is going to be credit score. HELOCs are going to have tougher qualifications, higher credit score requirements. Uh, you're going to have to have, you know, just a more savvy financial profile getting a HELOC versus a government-backed uh, first mortgage like a FHA loan, VA loan, even a conventional loan is going to have more flexible and easier credit requirements than a HELOC will. So those are some of the downfalls or negatives that you can deal with on a HELOC. All right, so then what's the difference, let's say, between a HELOC and a cash-out refi? Yeah, this has been a really popular question lately because so many people have been doing the cash-out refis for a while, and now the HELOC is... is you know, it's getting a, a spotlight on it, so to speak. So let's talk about some of the differences. So a HELOC is normally going to be a second position mortgage. So on your home's title, there's different positions. There's first position, second position, etc. The position that a loan is in affects the risk, and it also affects the hierarchy of when it gets paid. So a first mortgage, in the event of a foreclosure, for example, a first mortgage is going to get paid off before a second mortgage is going to get paid off. That creates higher risk to the lender, to the bank. So a HELOC second position, whereas a cash-out refi almost exclusively is going to be a first position loan, it's going to be a lower risk loan, hence why you don't need as high credit to get it. The other thing is that a cash-out refi is going to incorporate your existing first mortgage. So if you have an outstanding balance on a mortgage right now, when you do a cash-out refi, we're going to take the existing balance and we're going to add money to it, the cash-out that you need, to create the new mortgage loan, to create the new amount. A HELOC, unless you already have one outstanding, a HELOC is normally not going to replace anything existing or pay off an existing lien on the property. Again, unless you have a scenario where you already had a lien on the home uh, in that position beforehand. Um, like I've mentioned already, the qualifications for a HELOC are going to be harder than a cash-out refi. So if you have lower credit, cash-out refi may be a more suitable option for you. Also, a cash-out refi has way more flexibility when it comes to debt-to-income ratios. I've had a few clients call me recently that got denied from their local bank or credit union because their debt to income was too high. They come in and we look at a cash out refi and it's a home run. 
It's just that the qualifications are so strict on the HELOCs because of the risk that, uh, you know, sometimes people just don't fit into that box. Uh, also, there's a lot of different options for cash out refi or uh, cash out refi loan types. You've got FHA, VA, conventional, non-QM, all these different options. HELOC, it's the only game in town. That's your product is a HELOC. There's not a bunch of different options, a bunch of different investors. It's just very vanilla, plain and simple. So again, just shows you that the flexibility isn't there. Last but not least is the closing costs. Cash out refi is going to have your regular closing costs that you have on any mortgage, setting up your escrow account if you're including tax and insurance, paying recording fees, of course, title insurance, attorney's costs, loan origination charges, processing fees, etc. That's going to be the standard on a first mortgage cash out refi. Whereas a HELOC, on the other hand, is going to have typically a lot lower fees because it's a lower amount of money if you compare it to your first mortgage in most cases. Some banks I've seen offer very, very low fees or no appraisal fee on a HELOC. So if you qualify, it can, of course, be very attractive. Uh, how can a HELOC be used to pay off your home early? This is one of my favorite topics because oh. it's really a seldom used strategy. We've talked on some other shows and I've talked in my book a bit about a um, you know an all-in-one loan or a money merge account. That is the strategy that a lot of people focus on to pay your home off early. So basically the gist of it is you use your HELOC as a checking account. So as money comes in, instead of leaving it in your checking account earning you nothing, you put it all into your HELOC. Then it pays down the balance. And the way a HELOC works, it calculates interest daily instead of monthly. So by having a lower balance, it lowers your average daily, which means that your interest is lower. Then you can also pay all your bills out of the HELOC. But while your money is sitting in there waiting to pay bills, it's actually going against your principal balance, which is going to save you and cancel out quite a bit of interest. Now, in Australia and New Zealand, HELOCs, these all-in-one loans, this is like the norm over there. This is what this is their 30-year fix. This is what almost everybody uses as a standard loan in Australia and New Zealand is what they call an all-in-one mortgage or an all-in-one account. So it hasn't caught on as much in the U.S., even though a lot of savvy borrowers and homeowners are using it. It's seldom used, whereas in Australia and New Zealand, it's the norm. It's, like I said, their standard 30-year fix. So another way you can use a HELOC to pay off your first mortgage early is by making periodic transfers from your HELOC to your first mortgage. So you might make a $5,000 principal payment or a $10,000 principal payment, just transferring the money from the HELOC to the first mortgage. Why would you do that? Because of something called interest cancellation. By making a single one-time payment on your first mortgage, you can accelerate your amortization on that mortgage significantly. A one-time five or $10,000 payment could save you literally six figures in interest over the life of your mortgage. Everybody's different, but it's worth uh, analyzing. It's worth looking at. Um, the other great thing you could do with a HELOC, which we'll talk further about a little bit later in the show, but is to use that HELOC to pay off high interest debt like loans or credit cards and then use the money that you're saving per month to then pay down your mortgage. So if you have a bunch of credit card debt, you consolidate it into that HELOC. Now you're saving $800 a month. What are you doing with that money? Are you letting it evaporate? Well, what if we took that $800 or even half of that money and we started applying that as extra principal to your first mortgage? Now you can start seeing the opportunities are endless. Like you can pay that 30-year loan off in a half to a third of the time, sometimes even less, by just redirecting that saved money or that monthly margin. 
So it can really be, you know, a great strategy to use that HELOC to pay off the first mortgage. I'm curious to know, though, Rob, what type of documentation, what do you need to supply uh, to your lender? You Because you know how, like, you always have to fill out paperwork and forms. Yep. There always seems to be some kind of documents that you need to provide the lender in order to obtain a loan. Well, what about for a HELOC? What documents yeah. are needed there? Great question. Because the HELOCs are a little bit more stringent on the qualifications, you might need to you know, provide a, a little bit more documentation. But generally speaking, the HELOC documentation is going to be the same, very similar to a first mortgage refinance or a, just a first mortgage, even a home purchase loan like maybe you've gotten before. So what we're talking about is identity documents like your driver's license, passport, that sort of thing. Um, you're also going to need to provide paycheck stubs to show what your income is. Typically, the last 30 days of pay stubs you should expect two years of your W-2 forms from your job to show an income history. If you're self-employed or you own multiple properties, you can expect they're going to ask for normally two years, the last two years of your federal income tax return, because that's where you'll document your income if you're self-employed or you own multiple uh, properties. Also, be prepared for reserves or assets. HELOC lenders love to see that you've got money in the bank after closing for a financial uh, hurdle that you may face. So having retirement funds or statements available for like investment accounts, 401ks, IRAs, retirement, uh, anything like that will really strengthen the quality of your loan application. I would even argue in the cases where the lender doesn't ask you for asset docs, if you've got them available, I would say it's worth uh, submitting them and at least letting them know that you've got these other assets because it can make it a lot easier. Now, one thing that you'll notice I didn't state is like bank statement loans, what we've talked about before. HELOCs you're not getting with just bank statements. You have to be able to fully document your income. If you're somebody that doesn't show any money on the books anywhere and you're an all-cash business, then getting a HELOC is going to be very difficult to impossible. So like I mentioned earlier, the flexibility on these requirements for a HELOC is much more stringent than a first mortgage cash out refi like we've been preaching for so long because it is so much more flexible. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. You can contact uh, Rob Weinberg at uh, 860-413-3938 and check him out online at ConnecticutMortgageLending.com. Along with Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. I'll repeat those uh, the phone number and the website uh, more towards the end of the show. Rob, what are the most common financial strategies that you see homeowners utilizing when borrowing with a HELOC in order to build their wealth or, let's say, even increase their cash flow? Yeah, so this is something that I'm really passionate about because, as we've mentioned on this show today, you can use a HELOC to borrow for almost anything. So with that said, you don't want to use a HELOC just to like take a trip around the world or buy a television. The reason why is because you're just getting yourself further in debt. But what a HELOC can really be great to use is to build wealth like you're asking about and actually increase your cash flow. So the number one strategy that people are using a HELOC for right now is debt consolidation, taking the high interest credit card debt that's accumulated for any number of reasons and just paying it off to zero and replacing that debt with the HELOC. Um, you, of course, want to have a pay down strategy, but just on the surface, the cash flow that you're going to save by transferring from a high rate credit card to a HELOC, it can be significant. In a lot of these cases, depending on the level of debt that you're dealing with, a HELOC debt consolidation might save you 500 a 1000 even $1,500 or more a month. 
So that's a great one because it'll increase your cash flow, lower your debt to income, and just free you up financially to then do other things. Maybe it's buying another property, investing, turbocharging retirement, or just taking a load off your monthly budget. So the next idea that I want to give you on increasing your wealth using a HELOC is going to be renovation. Uh, the reason a lot of people take out HELOCs, especially lately, is to renovate their home. They want a new kitchen. They want to redo the basement. They need to upgrade the bathrooms, things of that nature. And uh, HELOC can be a great use of that. Number one, like we've said, the interest is very competitive. Also, because you're borrowing money from the equity in your home in order to improve the home, in many cases, there's a tax deductibility there. You want to check with your tax advisor, CPA, or tax consultant to find out if that fits your particular situation. But in many cases, there is going to be a tax deductibility in order to use a HELOC for home improvements. And the last idea that I want to give you, one of my favorites here, is using the HELOC to, to uh, put a down payment or and or closing costs on an investment property or another property. Maybe it's a second home or whatnot. So what that entails is using that HELOC, taking the money out of the HELOC, and then using it specifically to put as like your down payment on your next property. Or maybe you need a shortfall for closing costs. As we know, that can be many thousands of dollars. The HELOC can help bridge that gap between the money that you have available and the money that you actually need. And I've had several clients recently that have been using my strategies and listening to my guidance over the years that have these HELOCs ready. And then when they see a property that they want and that the numbers work, they can literally stroke a check and put a deposit on that home and know that they've got that money available for the large down payment that they need for an investment or a multifamily home. They've got the money in play for the closing costs. That allows them to keep their savings, keep their emergency funds separate, which is really just like a ninja hack because all of the underwriters are looking at what you've got in the bank after closing. Well, if all that money is going to be eaten up by the down payment and closing costs, then where's your reserve? So that's why the HELOC can be great because it allows you to keep your money and your reserve separate. And it just looks better on paper to an underwriter that you've got this money separated and you're using the HELOC versus liquidating all your money from retirement, savings, money market funds or investments uh, that can be a real red flag and in some cases could cause your loan to not get approved. So, you know, you really want to go through these strategies and guidance with a mortgage advisor to get this stuff in play. But hopefully that gives you some insight on the top ways you can use the HELOC to actually build your wealth. The HELOC, the home equity line of credit, how long, generally speaking, does it take to obtain one? Yeah, so generally speaking, every bank is going to have their own timeline. But I would say you could expect 30 days on the very, very low end up to about 60 days on the higher end. Smaller banks or credit unions, you're looking at a scenario where it could be a little bit longer because they have low, you know, less staff. Um, but I would say 30 to 60 days is what I would uh, anticipate on average as far as your your planning goes and that sort of thing. Okay. Well, why would someone who paid their home off still want to open up a home equity line of credit. Though. I know it sounds crazy. Uh, yeah, it really bit, does yeah. because people pay off their home and they think, well, why would I ever get another loan out on the house? I paid everything off and I want to be done with the mortgage payment. But I'll tell you right now, one of the biggest issues that I've seen with people that pay off their home is that they're now house rich and cash poor. Mm. So what you want to do is if you've paid off your home or are about to, what you'd want to do is set up a home equity line of credit, 
simply as a liquidity tool, as an emergency fund. Because if you have a home worth 300000 and you paid it off and you were putting all this extra money, well, where'd that money go that you put into the house? What if you lost your job next week and needed it? What if you wanted to buy another house? How could you do that if all your money is trapped in the walls of the home? So the home equity line of credit is great because it keeps that money accessible to you. Usually you'll be able to borrow like 80, 85%. I've even seen some banks up to 90% of the value in your property. So you can get a huge amount of liquidity, like on a half a million dollar home, you could easily get a $250,000 to $300,000 home equity line of credit to give you that liquidity. That would be a very low loan to value, very good terms on the loan, and would keep that cash accessible to you for when you need it in the future. So you do wanna just take out, I would say like a small line of credit. Maybe if you're risk averse, maybe 25,000, 50,000 just to have that nest egg, that emergency fund that's available to you. Because what we saw happen during the last real estate crash around 2007, 2008, is that banks shut these HELOCs off. So when the, pro the property values went down, majority of banks that had HELOCs, they literally locked you out of your HELOC. They froze it. So it, whatever you owed, you owed. And whatever money you wanted to get out, you could not get out at that point. So it became then a closed-end loan where you could only put money in and not get it out. So obviously, if you're somebody that just paid off your house, you would want to have that money liquidated in the bank ready to go versus just sitting there. So if you were to see property values dip significantly in the future, which I don't expect, but if you were, a little uh, technique for you to use to maintain that is to withdraw money from the HELOC, keep it in the savings so you've got it there. You'll pay a little bit of interest while it's out, but at least that money's in your bank account. So if the uh, lender were to actually shut that HELOC down, then you're safe. You've got that money available. I've only seen that happen once. Yeah, do you in see the that last... happening again? Or I don't are, see that hearing? happening again at all. The reason why that happened was twofold. Number one, a lot of banks were giving out home equity lines of credit like candy, and they were lending 90, 95%, like really high loan to values. So if they lent you 90% and the property value dropped 20%, now they're upside down. Now you could owe them more money than your house is worth. So because the lending standards were so, uh, so flexible at that point, and um, the property values went down so much, they had no choice. They had to freeze all these HELOCs because it was a high risk situation for the bank. And they did it pretty quickly. You know, I would say within a couple of months of seeing those property values dip, there was news stories all over and just chatter all over the mortgage and financial industries and banking industries about these lines of credit getting shut down. They had no choice, but I really don't see that happening again because the lending standards now are a lot more uh, they're a lot more stringent on these HELOCs. They're not lending out as much as they were before. Mm. So that's probably not going to happen again. All right. Folks, you have been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. If you'd like to get a hold of Rob Weinberg, it's very easy to do so. Schedule a meeting by calling this number, 860-413-3938. I'll repeat that for you. You might want to write it down. I want you to call him on Monday. Boy, oh boy. Schedule yourself a meeting. You won't be sorry. 860-413-3938. Check them out online at www.ConnecticutMortgageLending.com. Once again, it is ConnecticutMortgageLending.com. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. If you'd like to send an email to Rob 
Simply email him at mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. Until next Saturday morning, have a... Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.